Hola, chicas. This is Consuelo Crosby. Welcome to our bonus episodes that are occurring from the LifeLinks podcast. These are the offshoots, the stories that got thrown on the cutting room floor because they were flushing out each episode just a little bit longer than I felt comfortable asking you to listen. So where our typical episodes are around 30 minutes, these shorts, these dirty deets are going to be around 15, a little more casual. These personal stories will be launching randomly, but they'll always be tied back to another episode that we've already published until we get caught up a little bit. And then we're going to be doing them beforehand so you can get a feel of what's coming. I want to really emphasize the experience because I feel it will resonate with your current day. It will give you information of, oh, this has been going on for a very long time, like a relay from generation to generation, or if it's more like a marathon in just one generation, like in my lifetime, this is going to change, or even a sprint. Let's just change it and get it done. So I hope you enjoy the stories. They're going to be more casual. No intro, no outro. I'll always designate back to the episodes they came from. This bonus episode ties back to our most recent episode 21 and talking about the adversity at home when you first come up against the barriers of your cultural identity between what you're being raised in and what's really happening outside that door. It affects both your peer group relationships and familial relationships, as well as setting a bias that each of the family members will grow older with. So like I mentioned in the episode, the double standard in my family really ramped up in high school, probably due to awareness on my part, because by that time, my older brothers had already been through high school and my younger brother was just coming into high school. And so I had these bookends of really severe double standards when it came to what I was allowed to do versus what they were allowed to do. It wasn't just about being left out or being disallowed. It was that boys were being taught this horrible double standard that sticks with them to this day, where their actions are considered more important, more powerful, more intelligent. But when your own history has been stopped and erased, what are they really comparing it to? And this happens now. This really frames what's occurring now for women in the workplace with men that have grown up learning this double standard as not only okay, but just the way it is. And therefore, their experiences, their accolades are the only ones being highlighted. And it's because a lot of the female accolades not only were prevented, but were erased. So in my third year of high school, I was still very curious. I wanted to try everything. I was involved in sports. I really loved my courses. And I was in this art class that was actually a mechanical drawing and drafting class, which I didn't consider this to be art, but I had to take it that year or else I wouldn't be able to take the fourth year of art. Remember, I'm on the path to become a record album cover artist. So I had to put myself through it or I wouldn't be able to take the final year of art. And in that class, I was the only girl. 
There was 30 guys and a male teacher and me. From episode 21, you know that my mother had a very difficult time with me interacting with guys, whether it was personal, professional. For some reason, she had a very difficult time with it, even though she was in charge of a corporation of all men and wanting me to go into engineering. But in this class, she was okay with having all boys, male teacher, and me at the ripe old age of 16. But at the same time, on our volleyball team, which was all girls, female coach, she was really struggling. Whereas she had been fine with my older brother performing in sports, she was struggling with the idea of me performing in sports. We were really badass chicos, and we were really good that year. So good that we got invited to compete for the Junior Olympics. At that time, there wasn't as much opportunity as there is now. There wasn't money invested in youth sports. There weren't a lot of different tournaments, organizations, opportunities to really put yourself out there. So when our coach told us that this was coming up and we had the opportunity to compete at this level, I thought, gosh, wow, I have really done it. I'm in an opportunity that none of my siblings have been in, nor would be. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. I'm totally excited. I mean, this has been the biggest yay-for-me moment of my life at 16. And I tell my mother, oh my gosh, we got invited to the Junior Olympics. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And she tells me, you can't go. You can't go because you're not allowed to stay in a hotel room overnight. I'm like, okay, it's not me. It's me and a bunch of my teammates and a coach. But that was the only reason she gave. It was okay for my brothers to do it, but not for me with an all-female surrounding. In that moment, I was so angry. I felt two things. One, obviously, total pain for being dismissed. For working so hard and feeling like, for what reason? That it could be so readily erased and I was being told it was unimportant. But also I felt distressed from her. It wasn't that my team was bad or the coach was bad or that the situation was going to be harmful. It's that she did not trust me, her Peruvian daughter, to be in a hotel room without her present. There's another example of the cultural barrier I talk about coming from within the home first. You could see where I would be in the middle. Because to one side, the parents raising their kids to be totally American would see this as a win. This is something they could validate themselves with and say, see, my first generation American child is performing at a peak level. That would be something they would want to own. And in the other extreme, in parents who didn't want to encourage their children into the American culture, well, their child wouldn't even be playing volleyball. So that would be a non-issue. On both extremes, it's a non-issue. In the middle, when you're being jostled around between one culture and the other, it gets really difficult. The struggle is real. In that moment, I thought, okay, yes, this happened to me, 
But rather than hold that grudge, rather than get stuck in the past of the moment, I chose to do my little piece with what I had. I did not want any other young girl or young woman to ever have this feeling that I was going through where what they were doing was irrelevant and could be dismissed by someone who didn't think it was important. And in doing so, their story was erased because it was silenced. How often have you been in that circumstance even now where something really important to you isn't recognized as important by the other person? and therefore dismissed, and you're left alone with it. Well, I wanted to be that woman who could change that. I wanted to be the woman who recognized that I know that feeling of being dismissed and with that dismissal opportunity lost. And it could be, as in this one, a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I wanted to be the person who said, yes, you can. You can do this. And you don't do it alone. You do it with camaraderie and the loyalty and the support of those around you. And I'm going to help you. And I think the heavens were like, yes, go that way. Because within a few months of not being able to play in the Junior Olympics, I blew out my knee. Tore the ligaments at a time when sports medicine had no idea how to repair it. They even misdiagnosed it. Well, what could I do? What could I use this experience for looking at the greater good? I turned to coaching. I coached for 35 years, girls in ages from nine to high school, and I absolutely loved it. I loved all of it. It was the best of all worlds, not just for the sport, which to this day I really love, but the ability to reach these young girls three days a week for an entire season, and just be present for them. Because as we all know, whether you're showing up for work or you're showing up for a party, vacation, you don't know where your feelings are going to be that day. You don't know what that day is going to have given you, and you're going to bring that forward. The way I viewed coaching was more of life coaching, because you're bringing your full day to practice. If you're having a bad day, let's share it. If you want, if you're having a good day, let's share it. Let's be part of each other's lives in giving support, in having empathy, and helping you celebrate. And the actual athleticism, because I am a competitive person, the actual athleticism was taught in personal increments. We needn't all have the big win. We needn't all be that ringer of an athlete. But if you were learning something new or improving on a skill that made you better than the time before, well, that's a win. And that's important throughout your life. Therefore, the beauty of starting really young, because all these little wins count and they add up. Each win gives you a little more confidence. So we shouldn't hold out for that giant win, because at some point along that path, you may want to step off. You may have had enough, or life may change you in a different direction, and that can't be seen as a fail. That has to be seen as, look, I am better at this point than I was before, and now I'm going to go over here, and that's great. That's perfect. 
It's all about showing up, doing your part at working hard and bringing your talent to the team or to yourself. What I didn't expect as a coach was that I myself was tempted to implement double standards because double standards aren't just male-female. It's not just sexism. And we know this, it's deeply rooted in our own construct. It can be body type, ageism, beliefs. Where we want to choose one over the other because of our preconceived notions. What I came to realize is that double standards are a misconception based on erroneous assumptions. I'll give you an example. As a coach, in a situation which may be rather stressful and could be beneficial for the team as a whole towards a win, you might have a player that you feel is going to be in over their head. And it'd be really tempting to take out that player and put in more of a pronounced athlete. And yet, that already is a false assumption because you never know whether that player will come to rise to their strength that they didn't anticipate. But just having belief in them might draw it out. So you have to be careful that you might be operating under double standard at any given moment because of what we've been taught. It's important to go back and reflect on what we've been taught to see if it really belongs with us now in the 21st century, in what we know now and in how we treat each other. Try taking the time regularly to reflect back and see if what you know is what you've been taught from others or what you've learned on your own from your experiences. Those moments of empowerment, what we need to understand is what's needed to feel recognized, to feel confident, to face fears, to face those moments again and go, oh, okay, in this moment, Instead of feeling the pain and the anger and hurt and getting frozen in it, it's, oh, okay, here's what I need to move on. Not just in leaving it behind, but how did it change you? How does it affect you? What did you learn from it? These are life skills. They're not sports skills. They're life skills. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Ciao.